Tina queer, no my hardy my. My name is Will Appleby, and welcome to Animal Matters. Today on the show, I will be joined by Lynn Tan from Animal Advocacy Africa. Animal Advocacy Africa is a capacity building program that supports organizations and advocates to develop and grow the animal advocacy movement in Africa. According to Animal Advocacy Africa, the continent is currently home to approximately 3.2 billion farmed animals. And given its rising population and urbanization, a shift toward intensive animal farming practices looks inevitable. Over the last six months, Lin Tan has conducted research to understand the most pressing problems faced by African animal advocates and what can be done to solve them. So without further ado, here is my corridor with Lin Tan from Animal Advocacy Africa. Thank you, Lynn, so much for joining me today. Um, this is a really interesting subject and I'm looking forward to, to chatting about it with you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. So um, can you tell us to begin with a little bit about Animal Advocacy Africa and what the organization seeks to achieve? Yeah, for sure. So we are a capacity building organization that aims to support animal advocacy organizations and advocates to develop and grow the animal advocacy movement in Africa. Uh, basically, what that means is just that we are a meta project that helps animals indirectly in Africa by helping the organizations and advocates with their work on animal welfare. And currently, we are running a pilot program to test a capacity building intervention. And that intervention is to help organizations with, with fundraising. So a few different types of activities uh, come under this umbrella intervention of helping organizations with fundraising. For example, we are recommending uh, funding opportunities that might suit the organization or the scope of the project, particularly international funding opportunities that, that, that they might not have been aware of previously. We also review their grant proposals and provide feedback and suggest improvements. And we help, we basically help organizations with their questions and uncertainties with fundraising. So the purpose of this uh, pilot really is to understand whether this intervention that we're implementing currently is feasible and useful. We're actually completing uh, our pilot at the end of this month. And after October, we are planning to do a short sort of like evaluation study to understand the feasibility and the effectiveness of this pilot. And what happens after the pilot really depends on the, the results of this pilot. So we will either scale up to help more organizations than we are helping now. Uh, we will either maintain it a similar size to, to what we're currently doing now or scale it down um, or try a different intervention if it doesn't work out. So you've recently undertaken some research. What was some of your findings from that research? Yeah, so I'll just briefly explain why we decided to do the research. Uh, so the purpose of the research really was to understand the movement uh, a bit more in Africa uh, and the landscape of it, uh, not just for our own internal decision making, but also for others who might be interested in the movement in general. So it was also targeted to funders or donors within the international animal advocacy community, uh, also for other researchers and um, other animal advocacy organizations, both within and beyond Africa. And the main things that we looked at uh, during the research was 
what were what are the animal advocacy organizations and individual individual advocates doing in Africa to help animals, including the types of animals that they are helping and the reasons for doing so. We also looked at how they evaluated the impact of their interventions. Uh, more importantly, we looked at the obstacles that the organizations were facing in their work and the their appetite in actually receiving support to overcome those obstacles from an external organization. So before we started this research, we weren't really aware of any research studies that look specifically at those topics. So it was really important for us to understand the issue that we were trying to solve before implementing a solution. So from this research, we identified which capacity building actions or inputs are most needed there to overcome those obstacles. And I think I would just like to add a caveat that, you know, this is only one piece of evidence that informed our decision. It is far from perfect and it is not generalizable to the entire context of the animal advocacy movement in Africa. Because obviously different organizations face different challenges in their work. Uh, but overall, what we found was that the most common bottleneck that organizations faced were in their fundraising efforts. And this was one input we used when deciding what our intervention was going to be in our pilot, along with other um, experimental methods, such as interviewing experts. Um, I think it is also important to highlight that um, just because the main bottleneck we found was fundraising, um, just, you know, increasing funding and pouring money in, into the movement will not automatically solve all the problems that organizations are facing. I'd expect other bottlenecks to be quite, um, to be in quite close competition to this um, primary bottleneck in fundraising. So for example, what we found as well in our research was a lack of training and mentorship uh, to help increase the skills and knowledge of advocates to do more effective work. I'd, I'd recommend reading the summarized version of our report for, for those who are interested. Your report's noted that the the movement is is growing. It's in its nascent stages at the moment, but it is growing. Um, and you've also, I've read somewhere as well in some of your literature that animal agriculture is growing in Africa as well. But could you tell us a little bit more about the growth that the movement is going through in Africa? Yeah, so... I think where the movement is at now in Africa is obviously really different to where it is now in other parts of the world, such as the global north. Uh, so we could sort of think about it as where the movement is at now in Africa is similar to where other movements are at in global north like 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Uh, so it's really new and people are just starting to understand the concept of animal welfare and its importance. And there, within Africa, there are about, the last time I checked, probably two to three hundred organizations um, in the whole of Africa advocating for animal welfare. And these are, for example, charities um, that are doing work to improve uh, animal welfare in their respective countries. Um, so, yeah, it is really new and it's still growing and there's the conversations about you know animal welfare is, is just beginning in africa what do you think has driven that growth on a local level like what i mean two two to three hundred organizations that's 
you know, it's actually quite a significant amount when you uh, just those pure numbers. What do you think is is driving that growth? Yeah. So I should also add that uh, from my desk research that I found two to 300 organizations, I wouldn't say that they are all currently active, though. Uh, some of them probably have very little presence or some of them are probably not even operational at the moment. Um, yeah, I think what has driven the growth, I mean, I wouldn't claim to know the answer to this, but I speculate that it's probably to do with the movement that has been growing within other parts of the world. Um, like I mentioned earlier uh, in the global north, um, I think there are, you know, for example, international organizations um, that started uh, in other parts of the world and then moved to neglected uh, geographic regions, such as, you know, Africa or Asia or Latin America. And I think, yeah, the understanding that started in, in, for example, the US or the UK probably inspired uh, the movement in, in, you know, Africa as well. Can you tell us about some of the challenges that animal advocates in Africa face? Yeah, for sure. So in the report, uh, I basically grouped this into two different groups. So uh, general obstacles that the movement in general faced, but also um, obstacles that are quite specific to organizations and advocates, for example. Um, so I'll just give uh, a few examples in both these categories. Um, so in terms of general obstacles, um, one of the, the large ones that was mentioned by quite a few organizations and advocates that we surveyed uh, was a lack of awareness or understanding of animal welfare. So this ties into my point earlier about how the movement is still growing. Um, but you know, basically, it was reported that many individuals uh, do not really understand uh, what animal welfare is. Um, you know, this could be from a misunderstanding that uh, animals are unable to experience positive or negative experiences. Um, you know, due to like religious uh, and cultural norms and traditions, animals are sometimes regarded as just like uh, com- commodities. Um, so I think. That, that is why there is a lack of awareness or understanding of animal welfare. So it, it makes it quite difficult for organizations who are pursuing um, sort of public outreach efforts to try and, um, you know, convince or like persuade or educate the communities about, about animal welfare. So that is um, quite a large uh, challenge for, for the organizations. Um, and then there are also other imminent issues affecting uh, human welfare. I think there's also this is not a bottleneck that is only common in Africa. It probably is also really common in other parts of the world. Uh, and what I mean by this is, for example, um, animal welfare often gets deprioritized amongst uh, governments or communities when they also struggle with other issues uh, affecting humans, such as you know poverty and food insecurity, infectious diseases, and things like that. So yeah, it becomes again, you know, d- difficult for the organisations trying to advocate for animal welfare when these issues are not um, being, you know, animal welfare is not being brought up as often compared to the other issues uh, that they face on the ground. And in terms of obstacles that are, you know, quite specific to um, organisations and individual advocates, um, one example of that is, would be funding. Uh, so. 
organizations have mentioned a variety of obstacles um, when it comes to funding. So it could be that uh, the funding is inaccessible. So a lot of funding um, focus on uh, interventions that are being done in uh, US, for example, or the UK, or uh, you know, many countries within Europe. But when it comes to neglected regions such as, you know, Africa or Asia, um, funding might be quite inaccessible there. Um, there's also a lack of talent or capacity, which, which um, ties into my point earlier about a lack of mentorship and training. Uh, so recruiting and retaining talented individuals is, is a common challenge for organizations. A lot of these organizations have really small staff and some rely entirely on volunteers, uh, which then creates a problem of uh, task continuity, continuity when volunteers leave after a short period of time. So yeah, th those are uh, a few uh, different types of challenges that we found in our research. So in terms of funding, is, um, is there much funding available locally that's hard to, to access or is to better support the uh, animal advocates in Africa, is it international funding that's that's really needed to to continue that growth? Yeah, well, I think a lot of funding that, for example, we recommend uh, the organisations that we're supporting to pursue, they mainly come uh, from international funders, uh, mainly, again, US uh, is a big one, UK and, and Europe. I don't think, as far as I can tell anyway, uh, I don't think that there are a lot of funding opportunities locally. Again, because, um, you know, the, the, there is a lot of struggle on the ground in terms of, you know, other types of issues uh, that they, they have to battle with, like poverty and uh, a lot of the other things that, uh, that, has, that has to do with human welfare. What is the pathway forward to support and develop animal advocacy in Africa? Yeah, so in my opinion, I think that... Uh, the movement could do with a lot more uh, conversations or coordination, both just not within Africa, but also internationally. Um, all the different types uh, of solutions that could overcome the challenges that I sort of mentioned earlier. So uh, things to do with more funding or more training and resources, coordination, um, just to like increase uh, the knowledge of these advocates and their skills and to also help, help them to do more um, effective work. I think importantly as well, community building, especially in locations where the animal advocacy community is still small and growing, is really important. Uh, I, I wouldn't claim to know the best or the most effective solution, and I really don't think that there is, you know, a one-size-fits-all solution because the context is really different across different parts of Africa. But I think that there is a lot that can be done, and, and there's a ton of opportunities to do good. And just lastly, before we finish up, I'm interested to know during your research, if you found or came across any animal advocates that you felt was doing really positive, impactful work in the continent. Was there any like anyone like that that you came across? Yeah, definitely. Um, there are a few uh, organizations, I would say. So a lot of our work currently uh, has to do mainly with organizations rather than just individual advocates, just because we think that uh, the impact and the, and the scale uh, that can be achieved through organizations will be bigger. Um, so we're, we're currently focusing on helping organizations for the time being. And there are definitely a lot of, uh, you know, really promising and really talented um, individuals who are working within those organizations that, you know, has seems to have a lot of promise. 
Um, for example, uh, one organization that we are currently supporting is the um, Coalition of African Anim uh, Animal Welfare Organizations, uh, or in short, CAWO. Uh, so they they are actually currently doing work on, for example, um, increasing uh, awareness about fish welfare and uh, to do with uh, aquaculture and things like that. So I think that is, you know, really interesting uh, because, you know, that also aligns with a lot of uh, what uh, other movements in other parts of the world are doing. I think there's a lot of attention, for example, in glo the global north right now on uh, emphasizing on fish welfare and shrimp welfare and things like that. So I thought, yeah, that that was a really interesting intervention that this organization is pursuing, for example. Yeah, definitely. I mean, issues impacting fishes in more developed countries are only starting to pick up speed now. It's normally been farmed animal welfare that's been given the most attention. So that's amazing that they've, um, that they've picked up on this issue so soon in their period of growth. Yeah. And we, you know, in terms of all the organizations that, you know, we have engaged with in our research and also organizations that we're cu currently supporting, you'll be able to find a list of, you know, all the different types of organizations um, on our website. So if you're interested in finding out more about, you know, the amazing work that these organizations are doing, you'll be able to, to do that on um, our website. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Lynn, and thank you for all the work that you've done. This is an um, enlightening subject, um, and I'm, I'm pleased to be able to talk about it with you. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, it was really great chatting with you. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, Aotearoa's leading animal rights organisation, and produced by myself, Will Applebean. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.